We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. On this episode, we're going to be talking about some NCAA football, MLB pretenders and contenders, some spitball, and previewing the NFC South. So stay tuned. And we're back! Yay, yeah, yay! Yeah. Okay. Mm. One day you're going to forget to do yeah, that. I'm not. Feel never that. And then yeah. it's never going to come back. And never again. I'm going to be so happy. Yo, I, this is our last uh, NFL division preview. Mm-hmm. And then it's the actual NFL preview. Yeah. Let's fucking get it. We're out here. Best uh, time of the year. What? You said the best time of the year? Oh, yeah. Yo. For you some. Get, you get, I mean, you get the MLB playoffs and stuff eventually. Then you get college football on Saturday. Well, I think the best, on Sundays, the best sporting Mondays. time of the year yes. is yes. October. October for show. Sure. Because there's like a two-week stretch where everyone's in play. Hockey, basketball, baseball, NFL, little Champions League. Just had the draw today. Ooh. College football. We got it all. Sure, there's some UFC cards. College, college hoops. hoops. There you go. Boss is a big college hoops guy. Yo, I've been since these like sports books have opened. I've been dying to place my uh, my prop bet for champion. I'm placing some. It's uh, gonna be Syracuse and LSU. Whoa, that's what I'm waiting on. Syracuse, interesting. LSU. Yo, Syracuse is stacked. LSU is stacked for for, for Underrated. college basketball. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I'm going tomorrow to 50 the bucks on each. I'll, also, gra- I'll grab some sheets for you. They weren't there, I checked. Yeah, yeah, they're never sheets. I'm going to be in Jersey this weekend. I'll put some uh, online bets in on the DK Sportsbook. Oh, yeah, all those $8 yeah. right down the drain. No, actually, I got like 100 bucks in there. I'm going to spread it out over some uh, long-term bets. Like 10 years? Not like, <laughs> <laughs> not like division winners and things like that. Props, props. Props. Who got the props? We got the props. Okay. I mean, no matter no matter how much money I win... Still not going to be on Aaron Rodgers' level. Yeah, we got super paid. Super paid. Caked up. 
And it's front loaded. He's caking. Yeah, he's making. I think it was four hundred k over the next two hundred days a day. Eighty mil before March. That's cake. With the signing bonus, yeah. Like, he there's a good point. I was listening to uh, another show, and they were like, "This is all the money that he honestly deserves for not getting a raise all those years." He had to watch all these quarterbacks get get their raises, their raises, their raises, and he stayed patient. And now he got his money. Good for him, man. Yo, crazy. He deserves it. He deserves to be the highest paid player in the league. Yo, he's 35. Isn't that crazy? Do you know what else is crazy? Ryan Tannehill's 30. Yeah. I don't think Rodgers being 35 is crazy. He's been around. I just feel like he's still 31. Yeah, it's because he didn't play those first four years. Yeah. Yeah. Favre. So he's still relatively young. In terms of like a thirty-five-year-old, yeah, he's had he had a rough beginning of his career. Yeah, he didn't play for three years, and also the draft, yeah, slipped all the way down. And Favre apparently didn't like him, like it wasn't like a mentor-mentee relationship. Favre was like, I mean, you can see why though now. Yeah, you yeah. can see why. Like he shits on Favre. The writing was. On I the mean, wall if someone's coming to take your job and you're a legend, like that's not and someone you want to mentor. They're sharing the practice field, like you he, could, he knows he knows what's up. The writing on the saying. wall, like this guy's the next up. He's about to take my legacy right after I'm gone. Word. For sure, and like Favre's last, you know, no one ever wants to give up that up. Brett Favre's last pass as a Packer, you remember it? Picked off by Corey Webster, NFC Championship game. I do remember that in overtime in the flats. Yeah, he threw it to the right side of the field. I remember everything. Shout out Corey Webster. Got benched, <laughs> and then he was nice. Corey, Corey Webster was solid for like three, four years, and they won Super Bowls in in, in his tenure, yo. He got benched. That year, I remember Corey that. Webster, love. Damn. Um, anyway, speaking of bets and shit, uh, let's talk about the NCAA. Mm. We got some like Final Four predictions, maybe some Heisman. There's some odds attached to these. This weekend, it's things. it's opening up. Some monster yeah. games on too. I mean, there were games last week, but yeah, for the most part, like this is this is the, week the full one. slate. Yeah. This is actually week one tonight. Yeah. Like UCF plays tonight. They were undefeated last year, so they're trying to, you know, they're. Yo, Remember by the their, way, um, their banner hanging or I'm whatever o- they I'm over this team. UCF? <laughs> this is the most particip- participation award team of all time. It's disgusting. I feel that. I feel that. It's like, yo, you you didn't win. <laughs> Enough with your parades. At the same time, though, like I get where they're coming from in terms of like we were undefeated. Get us in that playoff. Nah. I I don't say they should be, they but I hear them. Smacked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I hear him. I hear it. That's, that's the they thing. They lost like, some good players. I don't know how. They, they're ranked in the top 25, though, this year. The the college football playoff was supposed to clear up some of these, you know, in the past, Boise State, TCU, before they got into the Big 12. Like, those teams would go undefeated. They'd run the table. But then it, you would say, yo, you didn't play anybody, right? Now you make the college football playoff, and now you get more teams involved in it. That's the one thing that you really want to get a bid for. And then you have teams like UCF. They run the table. They go undefeated. You have all these other teams. And then you start bringing it. Now there's more factors. It's like, yo, your strength of schedule. Who'd you beat? When'd you beat them? When you beat LSU, did they shit the bed? Or did they like run the table also? Because when you beat someone. Who and, was injured. Yeah, who was injured? When did you play them? All that stuff comes factoring in. There's just so much so much BS. I like um, a while ago, Impy I presented. Shout out to Impy. He's not with us today. Um, Make it sound like he's. I know. <laughs> he's not here today. He's not here today. <laughs> he's not with us. Um, he's no longer with us. <laughs> he has said, you know how you have the, the Power Five conferences, right? Yeah. If you win your Power Five conference, you, you get an get automatic bid. bid, right? And then the next three best teams. So you make it an eight team playoff. Mm-hmm. That I sounds think, like a. I think that, that's pretty fire. That sounds good to me. Because it, it makes no sense that you would win your championship and then not. I don't know. 
It's just like it's like the NCAA tournament where they want to keep expanding that, but how many bad teams are in there already? Yeah, but it's the same I thing. I get it. Like, like, this is the but, top eight. Yeah, but, but you're still talking about eight as opposed to six. There's still a big disparity from also, like Alabama and UCF. Also, how many like, times How many times does the 1-2-1-2 one, two, one, two make the Final Four? Almost never. There's always a team that comes, maybe not out of nowhere, but comes from the bottom and kind of comes to the top. Right, but that doesn't really happen in football. Because basketball is a different game. There's no chance for it to happen. In but football. yo, think about like, bro, basketball is like a one-on-one. Like basketball is more one-on-one oriented. Football, you have to have three fucking units. Yo, as my man, and you know who has those three units? The top like four teams in the country. Yeah, but you. you could also say that like to make the, the to money. make the playoffs, you have to win your division in football. If if like the AFC East was a bunch of trash teams, like right, everyone this was is like Miami. Pro football. Yeah, but I'm saying like if they were all like that, it's like all right. Does this team deserve to be in the playoffs? Like they're eight and eight, and like. They're, we know they're trash. They're not going to beat anyone. I mean, Seattle was 7-9 and nine when they made the playoffs that year. Went and they beat the Saints because they had a home game. And then that birthed a mini dynasty. They actually also play everyone for the most part. Right. I mean, look, I, I see where it's coming from. because They don't have a chance. And like my man Willie Beeman used to say, any given Sunday. Or in this case, any given Saturday. Not in college football. In NFL, I'll, I'll buy that. Look at the point spreads. Like UCF is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're talking about an undefeated team. UCF is like a twenty-four point favorite tonight over UConn. Like you think UConn can win that game tonight? Nah, but I think UCF, if they're a fourteen-point underdog to I don't know Clemson, has a chance if they just went undefeated. Mm. Nah, dogs. Yeah, dogs. I'm not giving them a chance. I don't know, man. I think give it I, like, I love the underdog story, but I just don't think it's feasible. Look, in look at football. Arizona. It's too many art majors. Arizona, they had <laughs> a lot of communication majors. Oh yeah, they had the number one pick in the NBA draft. Arizona, and what did that do? I'm talking about in college basketball. Oh. Oh. What did that do for them? Nothing. They had the better cause, squad. Because basketball squad. is a different game. It's I hear more you. One on one oriented. I hear you, but there's no chance. To there's even no prove comparison. It. I don't know. You're I'm, a, I'm a boss on this one. What's one more game? You expand it to eight. That's one more game. Yeah, but it also ruins but, the product if like we get in there and it's never competitive. It's like, oh, this this team's gonna win this fucking shitbag division and go undefeated, and then well, when they play anyone who's who has two losses, they get fucking blown out by thirty. It's like I don't want to see that. Yeah, but at the same time, like you would have said the same thing about Boise State or TCU maybe a couple years back when they were when they won the. So there has the to be consistency. I'm sure if UCF. Puts together like two or three good seasons. It's like, all right, well. Yeah, they did kind of come out of nowhere too, and they lost their coach. Their coach went to Nebraska, I think. Yeah. Uh, Damn Cornhuskers. Yeah, Frost. Scott Frost. Cornhuskers. Was he from Oregon? I don't know. I don't know where he's from, but I know that he went. I think he went to. Who landed on that name? Cornhuskers. Yeah. What? The Cornhusker State. No, I know, but like, dude, that's that's how how they put your name in a football team. You're like, yo, let's just like lots of corn in Nebraska. All right, whatever. I don't know if you know this, but there's corn in everything you eat, even if it has nothing to do with corn. And here we go. Just saying, a Netflix documentary. Health fact of the day: corn is not good for you, right? Yeah. Well, you know, of course it's not. That's where they get the sugar from. High high fructose corn syrup. And that's all for this week. Tim, where can they find you? Watching a Netflix doc. Um. Anyway, let's get some, <laughs> let's get final four predictions. All right. You want to go? Sure. I'll start. Are we gonna do like one team at a time, or are we gonna do the whole thing? I don't know. I think you just run through it. All right. I'll run through it. All right. My first team is Clemson. All right. The reason why I like Clemson, like everyone knows about their about their high powered offense and everything. I like their defense. They have a really dominant defensive line. Christian Wilkins, Austin Bryant, Colin Farrell. And Dexter Lawrence all returned to school. They all have the potential to be first-round picks. So you put four first-round picks on a defensive line. Uh, that's that's monster. That's insanity. They already averaged over three sacks a game last year. 
Now they're older, they're wiser, and something that you have to take into consideration, they're bigger. These guys are turning from like 19 to 20, right? So they're they're still growing as humans. So I like Clemson, Alabama, obviously. I think they're you got to put them in. Uh, I'm going to get this. Tua Tagovailoa. Oh, wow, you got it. I'm going to call it Tua Tags. Tua Tags, uh, he gives Alabama a dimension they never had. Right, they never had that star quarterback who can take over a game. You put that with that dominant defense and and the coaching of Nick Saban, and all of a sudden you have a really good combination. Uh, Ohio State is my third team. Ooh. I think uh, Urban Meyer is gonna have a big time chip on his shoulder. The three games that he's missing are three winnable games, so I don't think that's uh, gonna have much of an effect on their season. Um, Dwayne Haskins won the starting job at quarterback, and they're excited about him in Ohio State. Uh, I think he's going to be a sleeper Heisman candidate this year. And the team that I'm going to pick coming out of nowhere to be the fourth team is Washington. I really like Washington. This team. This is the guy, these are the guys that I'm going to be rooting for this year. They were one bad loss away from the college football playoff last year. They're returning 75% of the roster from last year, and they had a top 15 recruiting class. Um, since taking over, head coach Chris Peterson has done a lot to create like talent and create like a great roster. Like they've never had a roster with this much talent in Washington before. And that's the, the guy. That's the guy from Boise State that we were just talking about. That's it, the guy that really yeah. built that program up. So he has again. He has the pedigree of building that explosive offense. The only thing is, the offense wasn't that explosive last year. They were very efficient, but they weren't that explosive. But they get Chico McAllister back, and he's of that. John Ross, he when he lined up on the other side of John Ross, that was a really explosive team. So he comes back and he's going to give them that down the field um, threat. Uh, Jake Browning is in his fourth year as a starter. He completed sixty nine percent of his passes last season. If he can open up the the offense, listen, he's fourth year as a starter. He could be a Heisman sleeper too. Plus thirty three hundred, Nick. I know you like those odds. Yeah, yeah. He, um, well, also a lot of I want to I want to pick up with Washington because that's one of my teams too, and um, they also have Gaskins in the back in the backfield that I really like, and Jake Browning. I'm a big fan of returning your starting quarterback back. Um, this is a guy that was uh, the third leading. Heisman favorite coming into last year and he had a down year despite 69% completion like Tim mentioned um, The one thing that I'm worried about if you're looking to bet on Washington or to pick Washington like Tim is this weekend is huge They play Auburn. Yeah, neutral field. They play in Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome and it's a six versus nine matchup But that has a lot of implications, right? It goes back to what we were talking about before Joe about how if you're Washington, right? You beat Auburn you want Auburn to not shit the bed. You want Auburn to go like twelve and one or go ten and one going into that game, the uh, the Iron Bowl against Alabama. You want them running the table. You don't want Auburn to turn into Tennessee of last year. Mm-hmm. I think then it's good on your resume like that Florida you beat them. State. Yeah. The fact that their hardest game of the season comes in their first game is a big advantage of having seventy five percent of your players coming back and and having uh, senior leadership at quarterback. So I, I think that that's a game that Washington could definitely win. It's going to set them up. Also for them. They're easily the best defense in the Pac-12. They've had a top 10 defense every single year under Peterson, and they play in the Pac-12. Those are high-powered offenses. They've been producing guys, too, like getting drafted. Danny Shelton came out of there, Vita Vey, like all Bro, these Marcus guys. Peters. Marcus I mean, he Peters. got kicked off the team, too. But, yeah, they've been producing. Shaq Thompson, too. Yeah. That other guy on the Packers, I'm drawing a blank right now. I'm pretty sure the Packers drafted the DB in the second round. Oh, Josh Jackson. No, no, he's no. from Iowa. Yeah, from Iowa. Alexander? Jair? No, Jair is not King, from- King. King. Yes. Kevin King. Kevin King, yes. Yeah. So it's it's always better to lose early too, right? So like this is a tough game for Auburn and for Washington. But if you do drop a game early, people forget as it gets closer to putting in a bid for one of these teams. So I, I like Washington. I mean, Alabama, like Tim said, there's not much more to say about them. 
until proven otherwise, you got to put them in there. I believe they're the only team that's been in the college football playoff since it started every single year. Uh, for those of you wondering, Jalen Hurts is not going to be starting for Alabama. reason why is Tua is the Vegas favorite to win the Heisman. I think that kind of tells you all you need to know about that situation. Uh, they also have a pretty tough game this week. They play Louisville. Uh, Jawan Pass bodied Nick Saban in Alabama to go to, to Louisville. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Also, first game in the post. Hey, yo, Lamar! Yeah, Lamar, Lamar gone, man. Lamar gone. Um Clemson, I mean, Tim mentioned that also. Yo, they got a freshman coming in. His name is Trevor Lawrence. I watched Sunshine. him. Sunshine. Yo, he looks exactly like Sunshine. He does. And he this dude was, does not look like a football player at all. Yeah, yo, you, he would get picked last, and then he would light up your 7-on-17 seven because he was at the elite camp that uh, Trent Dilford does now for NFL Network. He used to do it for ESPN, the Elite 11 camp. Yeah. And they were just like, Trent Dil- Dilford was basically just jerking him the whole time <laughs> and he was just like yo this kid is the best kid i've seen like since ever you know since like andrew luck and shit so there's high praise this kid coming in too he's a actually a, a, a vegas favorite too for the heisman uh i also like wisconsin they always have an easy schedule because they're on the opposite side of the big 10 though they avoid ohio state and michigan michigan state that is they got to go to penn state and to michigan but you know they have a the best offensive line in college football, probably. I mean, they always do at Wisconsin, and they got a running back that we'll get to in a little bit. So those are my four teams: Washington, Wisconsin, Clemson, and Bama. Bama. Yeah, I got three of the four too. I got Washington, like you said. Miles Gaskin has been a top of the the NCAA in rushing yeah. the last year, and then Jake Browning two years ago when he like really broke out, and there were talks they, of them getting into the playoffs. They were in the playoffs. They were, yeah. They, they were, lost yeah. to Bama. They had John Ross and Dante Pettis. Like, those two were studs. They're in the NFL. High picks. Pettis John is Ross, on uh, the, Niners. the Niners. He went second yeah, round yeah. to the Niners. And he was, you know, an elite special teamer for them and everything. So those are two losses. But I think just, like Tim said, Jake Brown being a senior now, he knows what it takes. He's been there before. So I've no doubts that they can get back there again in the so Pac-12. So we're all picking Washington. Yeah. Nice. I mean, they're they're right outside. I think they're one of the heavy favorites. They, to get they there. avoid all the juggernaut teams in the in the Pac-12, and the ones that are hard, they get them in Washington. So the hardest game for them is is to start. And like you said, they're bringing back a, a, what more than a, well, a quarter, three, three quarters, three yeah. quarters of their roster back. So that's that's huge. Yeah, and then I got Clemson too. Like whether it's Sunshine or Kelly Bryant, I know. Word, I forgot about Kelly. Kelly Bryant is like was a stud last year for them. He got they lost to Syracuse. Let's the go! Look at that smile. <laughs> he got hurt. He got hurt. He, he had broken ribs and stuff, so he was playing banged up. And then he ultimately came out of that game, and uh, they took that into account when they made the playoff last yeah. year. They were saying so. I have no doubt that whether you know, I think I think it's Kelly Bryant's team for one more year. And I think he's more than capable of winning the ACC again. I think Florida State is the only team down there to compete with them although miami should be better this year too again miami's been up there the last couple of years and then i'm rounded out with ohio state I, I don't think you know whether it's michigan or wisconsin coming from the other side of the big 10 ohio state thrashed wisconsin last year in the, yeah. in the big 10 chip i know jt barrett's gone now and it's you know it's another new era but i think ohio state still goes through you guys have the same teams yeah gotcha. all right you know what i'm saying see great minds think alike you know what i'm saying fist fist <laughs> fist, a lot fist. Of fist bump so, uh, all right, cool. So let's get uh, who you think's gonna win the Heisman. There's a uh, so it's been a quarterback award. I mm-hmm. think the last person to win the well, I, I think eight of the last nine also have been quarterbacks. Besides Derrick Henry, was the last one. Um, 
I like Jonathan Taylor. He's a running back for Wisconsin. He's a sophomore running behind the best offensive line in the country. And they might, I have them as a team that's going to make the college football playoffs. So that's going to look good on his resume too. So I'm going to go a little contrarian and not pick a quarterback for this award, despite it being a quarterback award. You had a cool stat that you told us before this. Yeah, eight of the eight of the last nine Heisman winners have been guys that weren't a top ten favorite coming into the year. The one exception was Marcus Mariota. He actually was the Heisman favorite. Then during the season, they lost to Stanford. Then he went to like twelve to one. The reason why I know this, Joe, is because obviously I bet that <laughs> I bet him at four to one to win the Heisman. Then when they dropped to twelve to one, I saw the schedule hammered it again. So that's why I always have the flying Hawaiian in a good spirit. So hold there, McGirt. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jake Browning for all the reasons I said before. Plus 3,300 is his uh, are his odds. A fourth year starter. He pl- completed 69% of his passes last year, and he uh, he is one of those guys who you could just lean on. And I think the the return of Chico McAllister is gonna be big and uh, making big plays. Chico McAllister is another guy who's probably will be in that Dante Pettis John Ross conversation by this time next year. I'm gonna go Jared Stidham. Yeah, that's, that's your guy. guy. I think I took so, him last year yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> took him last year. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he transferred yo, from Baylor. Baylor, yeah. yeah. Yo, he's nice. He had a really good year last year, and now he's losing on Johnson to the league, and he was a top twenty in the league in rushing last year, and he led the SEC. So I think they're going to lead on him even more now. And I think, yo, I know I put Bama in, but I think Auburn gets maybe gets by Washington. Who knows? And Washington can run the table, but. Yo, if Auburn gets by Washington and then goes into that Iron Bowl with a chance to get in the playoff, yo, watch out for Jared Stidham, Uh-oh. man. He might step it up, you know what I'm saying? Uh-oh. That's my guy, yo. How do you guys feel about Jake Fromm? Sure. Well, I mean, of course he has a chance. He's in a great program. I mean, he's in a he great situation. Like, he's, you know, in the top. He's 15-1. But I just thought that that dude looked good. I remember, like, last year when after he – I forgot what, who they played or whatever, but – I was like, yo, this kid is fucking nice. And he's 18, right? He's a He was he's a, a true, true freshman. freshman, yeah. I mean, he he lit up Bama in the in the national championship game. He played pretty well. I like Jake Fromm. Yeah, Jake Fromm's yeah. solid. That might be a they good got pick, a, 15 to They one. got a big recruit behind him, too, I think, was the number one quarterback. And, yo, who is the guy that got hurt that he took his spot, too? The guy that got hurt before him. Because um, he, he was pretty good, too. I'm blanking. I'm blanking as well. I heard that they have one of the top recruits coming in. I think he might be the second recruit behind Trevor Lawrence. But Jake Fromm took the job from someone that got hurt. I know once we find out his name, I'm going to be sick. But yeah. He's, it's, he was like a household name, too, the Georgia quarterback. The thing with, with uh, Jake Fromm, though, is that, yo, the SEC is – well, their side of the SEC is a lot easier, though, too, boss. Like, they don't play Auburn. They don't play Alabama. They play like Florida and Mississippi State and shit. It looks good if you put up gaudy numbers in the SEC, no matter what division you're playing in, too. Grayson Lambert. No, J- uh, Jacob Eason. Oh, yeah, Eason. Eason was the guy that was starting before him, and then he got hurt, and then that's when Jake Fromm came in. Damn, man, I'm excited for all this fucking football. So much football. So, it's like my... So much fucking football. I love just going into like, because NCAA for the most part, I go into the season like, I'm like, I don't fucking, like, I know like some of the guys from last year, but then all the guys that you think you know, like, leave, they go to the league, and then you're like, well, back to knowing nothing again. <laughs> so I gotta fucking watch a couple games to figure out what's going on here. Um, Except you know that Alabama's gonna be good. Well, and probably Clemson's gonna be good. Yeah. That's another thing, too. <laughs> I'm gonna be rooting hard for the U this year, too. They're, um, they were fun last year, the U. They were like 10 and 0, and then fell off that. the face. Still room for LSU? Yeah. Anytime we're at Legends. 
I like LSU, but I'll be a Washington fan this year. They, they intrigued me. Ooh, they're fun. We got to stay up late for those games. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure to watch all the highlights though. Yeah, exactly. That's why I used to the love watching games. San Diego State and Rashad Penny. Uh, all right, cool. Let's uh, switch gears. Switch them. Switch, switch the gears. Switch them gears. Uh, to MLB, we're gonna do pretenders and contenders right now. Coming into September, baby. It's the home stretch. Final month of the regular season. Here we go. Now we're never, motherfuckers. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do... We've done this multiple times on the show before, so you kind of know what it is. And we'll do it again. It's the pretenders and the contenders. Who's real? Who's not? Who's real? Who's fake? <laughs> what song is that? <laughs> That's the type. If you're real, you really you know your hands. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow, that was, that was on beats? point right there. Oh, that yeah. was. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Whoever wants to hop out, give me your... Uh, let's start with pretenders. Pretenders? I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. I know they got all the momentum right now. They the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals? Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals. Wow, I'm in full... <laughs> St. Louis Cardinals. Full football did, did Tim steal my phone? <laughs> the Cardinals have all the momentum right now, but they close out the year with a very difficult schedule for the last five final series are against the Dodgers, Braves, Brewers, and Cubs, who are also playing for playoff spots. You know, the Cubs are the team that the Cardinals are chasing. I'm going with pretenders just because of the schedule. But I will say, it was around this time last year, Tim, where there's that, that shady trade deadline after the trade deadline. Can you explain that to people? So you got you to gotta be on waivers. You got to pass waiver through waivers, yeah. right? So you could only be traded to the person who claims you. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because if a team claims someone that happened with Bryce already right and then so they could block the waiver of trades and you you saw that happen all the time like within division it happens within the Yankees and Red Sox it happens all the time the Red Sox claim the Yankees players the Yankees claim the Red Sox players just so they don't get traded so it's a lot harder to get a trade through through the waiver deadline but it happens and the the famous one was right. last year the Tigers dropped Verlander right. Nationals pick them up mostly like guys like that go through because people don't want to pay these guys if they're out of it late in the season there's no point in them picking them up so the big name that's spiraling now is Josh Donaldson is rumored to go to the Cardinals. That's kind of a game changer, too. And I'm a big fan of established MVP caliber players playing for teams that did not hit their expectations or are out of the playoff race, out of the pennant race. Then they go get traded to a team that, yo, you know what? We might make some noise now. So if Donaldson goes to the Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals, I might have to switch that one but for now i'm staying with them being pretenders and they went off the cardinals since uh they fired mike medini yeah and they uh, mike schilt took over so matt carpenter is looking like mvp Yo, candidate. matt carpenter is going absolutely after insane. after sucking like extreme last year and like some of this year early yeah. on so at the end of two years ago too we kind of started yeah. tapering I know, off i know people and my buddy eric dropped him in our fantasy league oh, after like april rough. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was so he's so mad. He I still talks about it. Michael, my brother, is on the opposite end of that. He picked up Matt Carpenter in in May. Yeah, yeah. He's been very happy Reaping about that. Yeah, very happy. Um, I'll go with my pretender next, and I just want to let you guys know that I'm I could not be happier than to call these people contenders. Um, pretenders, pretenders. Excuse me. Uh, Philadelphia. Tim is back. I'm back. Philadelphia. Um, sorry, you just won the Super Bowl. I don't feel sorry for you. Uh, I hate the Phillies. More than I hate any team in general. Yeah? Like, I hate the Phillies number the, most, one? the most. It's by a large margin as well. And um, listen, I know what a, I'm a Mets fan. I know what a collapse looks like. Let's rewind back to August 5th. <laughs> the Phillies have just swept the Marlins, and they're chilling. They're in first place by a game and a half. They're going over the Braves, who are a young team, who could you know, spurt off at any moment when you're young. Um, things are looking good. 
Since that day, they lost 14 of the last 21 games. They've dropped six games to the Braves in the standings. They're, behind, they're two and a half behind the Brew Crew, which is heating up to uh, Christian Yelich has been on an absolute tear in these past few weeks. And it's the way they've been doing it. They've lost late leads. They've gotten blown out. The cherry on the cake was last night, um, Wednesday night, when they, they lost when pinch runner Vince Velasquez, who if you recognize <laughs> that name, team. pitcher, good pitcher, <laughs> right? Tagged up from third with two outs. It's not that he got caught at third base because you know the rule is never make the last out at third. Cardinals in a baseball. Never make the first or or third out at, at third base. That's the Cardinal rule. He got picked off because he left early from second base. You can't get any more like we're collapsing than that. And I listen. I am very familiar with collapsing. On top of that, they're t- they're tops in the league in strikeouts and home runs. One of the reasons why they're not doing well in these in this last stretch of games is because when you live by the home run you die by the home run they're not hitting out of the park they're not winning games so uh yeah the phillies are my pretender very happy about this you're psyched psyched (laughs) (laughs) i got a oakland as my pretender listen they're probably gonna nab a wild card spot wow pretender yeah yeah just because uh seattle's kind of collapsing themselves over there but um yo Nobody that Oakland throws in a one-game playoff is scaring me right now. And Manaya's hurt. Sean Manaya's to the DL. Brett Anderson is probably done for the season. He's hurt. Mike Fires, he's been great since they picked him up, but he just came to the team. Trevor Cahill has been garbage the last two outings, and he's also um, you know, a midseason pickup. Edwin Jackson, he's been all right. But yo, he's still at, yo, at the end of the day, guy, he's Edwin Jackson. Hasn't that guy been on every single team? Edwin, Edwin Jackson is the cat with – what does he say? that? The nine lives, cats have nine lives. Him That's Edwin Jackson. I don't know how he's done the league. And Cameron Mabin are have been on every single major league baseball team. Yeah, I think like, so. like actually, or you're like, no, no, no. Yo, they, I they, mean, they've no. been on double digit teams for sure. Yeah, Probably. they're like the new Todd Zeal. Remember <laughs> Todd Zeal's on a new team every year. But yeah, I think Oakland's a pretender. I mean, they're living, they're hot. They're one of the best teams of baseball the last month or so. But it just they don't scare me. I mean, Chris Davis is rolling, and he, all he does is hit home runs, and he's hitting a bunch of them lately. But you know, in a one-game playoff, is that what you really want to go off on? Like him, Matt Olson. No one's really hitting the ball particularly well for average, aside from Jed Lowry, who all of a sudden is an all-star. Jed Lowry is uh, – I have no words for Jed Lowry. He's, <laughs> yo, he was a nobody on the Red Sox. He bats with two ear flaps. Like, yo, you look like you're five <laughs> years old, bro. He does. He's like, He looks like he's, he's a teenager. Yeah. He bats with two ear flaps. That's yeah. No one bats with two ear flaps. You have to be like a hardo if you bat with two ear flaps, so. Damn, I, he's, so he gets funny. no credit in my book. But, yo, Matt Chapman's having a great year for them. I will say that. And people Chris, are, Chris Davis leading the league in home yeah, runs. I said Chris Davis, but yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm, that just doesn't, you know, add up for Crush. me. I don't know. Piscotti, like, no one scares me on this A's team. They were pitching well and hitting well. They were raking for that little stretch. But I think if you get them in a one-game playoff, that's where you want to get them. And that looks like where they're destined to go. And I, I don't see them making any noise. That's a good. That's a good point. They're a pretender. If you want, They're you a don't want to play Billy Bean team, though. Yeah, they are. They're they also loaded up on their bullpen. They got Blake Trainer, who might be the best closer in baseball this year. They went out and got Familia. They went out and got Fernando Rodney. So they have a nice little bullpen since their stars are absolutely shit. So maybe Yo, that's uh, the one backing thing. Maybe they can go Tampa Bay. Yo, Tampa Bay, the Rays, who everyone made fun for for that experiment of starting reliever. They're eight games over five hundred in the AL East. Yeah. So yo. If that might be the move for Oakland, honestly, with these injuries, like Sean Manai would probably be the guy I would start for them, and he's out. And if he's not back or you know healthy enough, I don't want that to be his first game back. I personally wouldn't. Um, they might. I don't know. But 
I wouldn't throw him in a one game. I'd probably go out of my bullpen. And they've moved Megden to the bullpen. Daniel Megden, who's back in the rotation now because of these injuries. So the A's are scuffling right now in that rotation. They have a ton of rotation holes, and that's that's let's pretend they're written all over it for me going forward. It's funny because the A's like they don't do anything great. They don't do anything like super super duper great. It's just like they they always they're they're winning games four three. Yeah, you know it's like it's it's just it's like Nick that's, said, yeah, classic yeah. Billy Bean. Classic Billy Bean. Classic. Yeah. That's funny too. I think I had the A's as a 500 team, and they have 80 wins. It's not even September yet, so that's they blew. I thought I had high expectations for them with 80 wins, 81 wins, and they're blowing those expectations out of the water. So, shout out to the A's, man. They're having a great year. I'm not gonna lie, but I just don't see them making noise in the playoffs. All right, what about uh, contenders? Yeah, I'm going with the Indians. They they have the biggest lead of any team. As far as who's second place in their division, I know the division has been pretty bad, the AL Central, but the like, worst division in baseball. By yeah, far. Sh- sure. Yo, but Tim had the White Sox in the playoffs. No, I didn't. Yes, you oh, did. I did. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, super bro, because you. I did. I did. But I also on DB said they were going to win over sixty-three games, and they're kind of on pace for that. Was that their line? Sixty-three I think was, was like. Nah, I think no, they like got to get Eloy up. Sixty-three was the Marlins. Oh. They got to get Eloy up, bro. But Eloy's is hitting like 400 in the minors. I mean, you talked about him, too. That's yeah. why you thought. Kopech, too. Kopech, he's up now. He's Kopech looking good. Kopech looked good his first two maybe I was a, Maybe as classic you, Tim fashion, I was a year early on I the I mean, you did say you, you you were going out of your way to be a year early. Yeah. So, <laughs> nah, I mean, they got some good players. They're just, I don't know. I just don't don't understand why they're not. Like, everyone's hyping up the Red Sox, and rightfully so. They were on fire this whole year pretty much and then you got the yankees also oakland's coming along like boss is talking about and Astros are the defending chance but like yo the indians have been there too let's not forget this isn't a team that's far removed from having a 3-1 lead in the playoffs in the world series actually and like that core is still intact for the most part i know andrew miller just went to the dl not sure how long he's going to be out but carrasco is among the al leaders since the all-star break with a 2.23 era on my fantasy team shout out to boss's <laughs> fantasy team it's not so i just think good that for my fantasy team <laughs> it's either, bro. Shout that's out why i don't talk team. about it man <laughs> word. yo no fantasy boss yo, if you guys this year the one that baseball. i split with michael is doing well was, that's because michael's the fucking boss of fantasy the baseball. goat he's the goat i'm yeah. a fringe playoff team this is the last week of the season so i gotta see if i get in or good not luck, boss good luck it's not looking good <laughs> but yeah i just think that the indians should be getting a little more hype do you think boss is because they don't that division is so bad and like no one's respecting their shit for that that division's so bad and cody allen has been just as bad as the division he has like a six era as a closer when i thought you couldn't get worse than wade davis i turn on the indians and i see cody allen giving up back-to-back home runs like last week to the royals it's like dude you went out and got brad hand why not the dude was one of the best closers i know he's playing for the padres but when they called upon him he was getting the job done so if they want to make a move to make themselves contenders Brad Hand needs to be closing games for them. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Indians have been there before. They have a Cy Young candidate every year, and Corey Kluber leading that rotation. Carrasco, they have a solid one, too. I know Bauer got hurt. That injury hurts them a lot. You know, that one, two, three would have been nice. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're guaranteed a series because they're playing in the AL Central, so that benefits them big time. And I don't think it's crazy. I mean, they should be talked about more. I think it's because their strength that they've been known for for the last two years is now their weakness. The bullpen, yeah. Yeah, so it's hard to get on board with a team that's kind of reinventing itself as they go on. But also those names that you mentioned, like they're, Cody Allen has been dominant in the past. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities that he all of a sudden turns up in the playoffs. It's not, but he could also be Ken Giles. Right, or he could do that. So we'll see. I, I think the Indians are good. My contender is the Diamondbacks. Remember when Paul Goldschmidt was slumping? 
Yo, I was like, yo, <laughs> the humidor, like I knew that was going to happen. And then uh, That must have been fun for other teams. It was it was <laughs> fun for me for about like eight weeks. Yeah, that's over. Um, he's back to being one of the best hitters in the universe. David Peralta's having a great year. <laughs> AJ Pollock is healthy and producing. But look, the lineup is not the reason why I'd like the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are pitching lights the fuck out. The humidor, bro. Out of nowhere. Uh, the humidor probably has something to do with it. Arizona is second in the NL in ERA and fourth in batting average against. They've given up the least amount of runs in the entire MLB. What? Yo, can I just the, say something? The Diamondbacks. Yo, I have Zach Godley on my fantasy team. and He's oh. having a mediocre year. He's the only one that's like yeah. underperforming. But yesterday he went seven shutout and I'm micromanaging so hard to make the playoffs, I sat him. Oh, Yo, man. Seven, he went like seven and one. He gave up a run late, but... One hit ball, and I was like, oh, my God. Now he comes through, and like you said, their whole staff is coming through. Granky's having a phenomenal year for them. Granky and Pat Corbin have both been Pat lights Corbin. out at the top of the rotation. And the difference has been the addition of Clay Buckholz. Yo! On my fantasy team. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Clay Buckholz, out of nowhere, was signed on May 5th, and he's been absolutely money. In 13 starts, he has seven wins. He's won six out of his last seven with a 2.25 ERA over that stretch. He's Bonkers. been absolutely killing it. One thing that he's been t- talking about, as I I, uh, I saw an interview with him the other day, Sorry. a Reddit interview, excuse me, where he says, you know, before I would just kind of like look at the scouting reports and not really do anything, and then my stuff was so good that I could just go out there and strike people out and get and be effective. He doesn't throw that hard anymore. His stuff right. isn't on that level anymore. And he says he's really dived into scouting reports and pitching people around to how they should be pitched and it's making a giant difference if if you remember michael vick said i didn't really look at scouting reports or study tape when i was in, in the nfl and if i did i'd probably be a surefire number one First lock hall of, hall, of, yeah. hall of famer right he maybe he is anyway did but he actually say that he did say that that's a so, ridiculous thing to say and you have to this these things make a difference so you know, clay buckholz has believe matured. in their talent so much that they and, think they're the best. And when you were Clay Buckholz with that two-seamer he had, he was throwing like 97 at one point, like that's a guy that you don't have to look at the scouting report all the time, but he's doing it now. Um, he's been he's been absolutely money. That gives them a top three in the playoffs that I'm really fucking with. On top of the fact that although there has been some uh, struggle in the offense that you don't usually see from the, the Diamondbacks, I think that they have enough to not only make the playoffs – but make noise in the playoffs. They've overtaken the Dodgers in the NL West. The Dodgers are scuffling. Uh, Dodgers under 96 wins. Another one I hit on. Oh, yeah. Tooch. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Red Sox over. I put the over on them on 90 like five. Psh, killing Yo, it. Rockies too, bro. Don't Rock- forget them in the NL West. The They're Rock- right there with the D-backs. That's true. The Rockies are there. And I, I just, Kyle you know, it's hard for me to pick the Rockies. But they're there. They're definitely there. But I, I like the D-backs in that, in that division. Yo, I hate my fantasy team, son. <laughs> Because I was going to say, Kyle Freeland on the Rockies is pitching to like a sub-3 RA in cores, and that's unheard of. Yeah. So he's having a great year for them, too. But my contender is uh, the Brew Crew, the beer makers. I got the Brewers. Listen, Christian Yelich is the, one of the most underappreciated players in baseball. Um, he hit for the cycle the other day. He went 6-for-6 six six on Wednesday, and he's just beasting. Him and Locaine at the top of that lineup is two offseason moves that have paid, you know, like double the dividends. Um, Ryan Braun, you know, he's having a good year, a decent year for them, but they also went out and got Jonathan Scope. They have Travis Shaw. They also went out and got Mike Moustakis. So they're moving Scope at short. They're trying to keep those bats. Listen, their infield, their defense is a little suspect because they have all these guys playing out of position, like Shaw at second and Scope at short. But you trade that off when you're scoring five, six runs of games, and that's what they could do, especially with Jesus Aguilar having a breakout year for them at first. Um, 
and yeah, they're just holding it down. I know Corey Knable uh, fell apart for them. He's now in the minors, which is crazy because I thought he was going to lead. I think I had him leading the league in saves. That's crazy. I'm making fun of Tim's White Sox pick, but I think I had Corey Knable <laughs> leading the league in saves. I this think year. I think a lot of people did. Yeah. Corey Knable had a great year last year. That came out of nowhere. Yeah, he was striking everyone out at a ridiculous rate. And now he can't get anyone out, so he's in the minors. But Josh Hader had a good year for them, and Jeremy Jeffers, who got who they traded last year to Texas, and he was shit in Texas. Came back to Milwaukee, and he's been good for them. Yo, he's an all star for them, and he's having a great year. He's their closer now, and. Yo, dude is lights out. So I, I like the Brew Crew going forward. I know they're a little banged up in the rotation. They lost Jimmy Nelson for the year. But Chase Anderson is more than capable. Back-to-back years now, he's put two good years together. And then Wade Miley kind of came out of nowhere. He was shit with uh, Baltimore for a while before coming over from Arizona. And now he's having a good year for the Brew Crew. So I kind of like the Brew Crew. Yeah, they bring the bats. Not necessarily the pitching, but they have a nice back end. And if the starters can go like five innings... They'll be solid, yo. I think they could – they're a force that I don't think anyone wants to see in a one-game playoff. And if that's the way they're going to get in, I think that, that is because the Cubs, I have the Cubs winning the division. So, yeah, the Brew Crew contenders. I have them winning the wild card game and then maybe making noise in the playoffs. Similar that's, to you have with the Diamondbacks. That's the that's the one team we were both really high on coming into the year as well. I'm, I'm surprised no, they didn't I make a I move. I cooled off on the crew because I didn't like their rotation. But you said you liked, you I was liked surprised. Them. I was surprised they didn't make the moves. The, it, during the, the trade deadline, there was, there's, there was people to be had, and there, there, was, there was rumors that they were going to get Matt Harvey, which that's a guy who's pitching high-pressure, high-leverage situations. You know, I know he's not the perfect guy right now, but that's a guy that could have helped you. So it's, it's interesting that the, obviously they like their starting staff. So we'll see if he has enough to, to handle in the playoffs. But that Christian Yelich is on another fucking level right now. It's my guy. Getting hammered at the Cleveland. Five for five with a... Six for six. Six for six? With the cycle. I, I thought it was five for five. Six for six. I must have missed it. I must have went to sleep too early. But yeah, six six for six in the cycle. And he needed the triple, the hardest part of the cycle to get, and he got it. Nailed it. Nailed it. He's a beast. Beast. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, cool. Uh, let's do some spitball, man. Yay? Nah, just the... That's a <laughs> that was a gross... Like a DJ. That was a gross... <laughs> yo, it sounded like a yo, scratch. Yeah, I'm never using that microphone. Yeah, that's disgusting. That shit is gross. That's, That's gross. one of the grossest noises I've ever heard in my life. Okay. <laughs> You're fucking older than everyone here. You're acting like a two-year-old. Yo, man. I'm 29 only in, num- in numbers only. Word. And All you right? have a fiancé. A what? Fiancé. A fiancé? Fiancé. I don't know how I got her to, to agree to that. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. We don't either. I've been really <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> Why the fuck that happened? All right. Anyway, let's start this off with hell of a cl- career. A uh, few people actually retired this week. We added more and more to this spitball as the week went on. Manu Ginobili first came out, retired, hanging up. spot. Pour one out. Uh, Eric Decker, Big BDD. Team. Pour one out. Jesse James Decker is loving that. And uh, Clint Dempsey hanging him up. Fun fact, Clint Dempsey is my favorite U.S. men's national team soccer player of all time. The boats. So, Pour one out. Yeah, hats also, off to them. All had uh, pretty pretty solid careers. Also, I feel like most likely to be from Astoria. But because it's just his personality. Who, Clint Dempsey? Clint Dempsey, yeah. He's like OD Astoria in his personality. <laughs> he's uh, he, he's from Texas, about like three hours away from Houston. And he's like a rapper. Yeah, he, he, like got, rapper? Yo, he got bars too. He's like Deuce. not whack. Deuce. That's so he goes by. Damn. And he wears number two. He also so wore number two, yeah. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. That makes sense. Uh, the bridge is over. Uh, the bridge is over with the Jets. Teddy Bridgewater got traded to the Saints for a third-round pick. I kind of like that move because I think he could be the successor there for the 
uh drew Brees. who knows i feel like he called a career in a year now like the next maybe after this year maybe after the next year after that so i think it's a good spot for teddy b he could still get healthy yeah, he looked good in the preseason so shout out to teddy b man and the jets no brainer i mean you signed this dude they paid him like 500k for a third round pick so and if they were brilliant if he would have made the opening day roster they would have had to pay him five mil yeah, and now you know I'm thinking ahead, but if they flip that third round pick and a first for Cleo Mack, you know that's I'm what I'm thinking too. Everybody is, everybody is. You know, you know what's funny with Teddy Bridgewater. A lot of people are saying this could be the future bridge for, um, for the the Saints. I, I'm not seeing it that way. I'm seeing it as they're trying to win right now and they're trying to have insurance. Like if, if Breeze is about to be 40, if he goes down, they can't just throw their season away. And you see a lot of people out there have some sh- pretty shitty backup quarterbacks. And th- that guy Hill, who's a great tackler and their their backup quarterback, probably gonna w- was gonna win that job over Tom Savage. So when you when you look at it, this shows me like the Saints believe that they can win now and that they're going for a win now kind of thing. In my opinion, I like it. Yeah. Uh, why didn't I think of that? A Knicks fan auctioned off his fanhood on eBay. The winning bid. Was for the Lakers, so now he's gonna be a Lakers fan. So basically, what? it's exactly what like it's me, right? Like I, I'm I'm a Knicks fan in name, sure, but I'm a I'm a LeBron James supporter. Follow him around. I would love the Knicks to win. I'm still a Knicks fan, but he decided he was gonna auction it off, and he got three thousand four hundred fifty dollars for his fandom. Wait, what? Yes, someone paid this guy three thousand four hundred and fifty dollars to become a Lakers fan. Some idiot. Some wild idiot. Yeah, I wouldn't do it to change the alliances for the Giants. Mets, twelve bucks. I'll switch right now. <laughs> I, I would do it for the Knicks. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it for the. First Mets. of all, what does that mean? Like, you give me thirty five hundred dollars, and I go, all right, I'm a Lakers fan. Right. And then the and then when the Knicks are on, when the Knicks are on, I just watch them. Exactly why I, I just root for him. Exactly why I named this. What are you gonna do? Exactly why we, this guy's an idiot. Whoever right. don't or whoever. And exactly 3, why the 000. title of this spitball is "Why didn't I think of this?" Because yeah. <laughs> I could just be anyway. That's very funny. Just gotta wear a couple Lakeo jerseys and take some pictures for IG. That's weird. All right, uh, your time is coming to an end. Manchester United on Monday lost 3-0 at home against Tottenham, Oof. and uh, Jose Mourinho has been a very very impactful manager on any team that he's been to, but it's always been a short stint. Like, he can't be at a place for more than three years. And uh, I believe this is year three with him at Mourinho, and already a lot of players are soured on him. Fans were booing him. You know, you know, boss, man, you is a big... I mean, you guys all know Manchester United, the name. And you can't be dropping games like that. And they're coming out slow out of the Premier League. So I don't think he's going to make it to December when the transfer window opens up. So someone to monitor going forward. Hmm. The devil is back. Martin Rodor is taking a job with the Devils, team he played with for a long time, and uh, he's going to be VP of Business Development for them. So the devil's back. The OG I, devil, Marty Brodor. I once played fantasy hockey one year, took Martin Brodor in the first round. <laughs> then I let the computer auto-draft for me, finished in third. <laughs> nice. What's good? Big things popping. Damn. <laughs> what a strategy. Um, walking off with a record. Tyler White hit a walk-off home run for the Astros on Wednesday. Now, that's cool, but it happens all the time. In fact, it's happened 80 other times this year. The The walk-off home run was the 81st walk-off home run in the majors this season. That sets a new record for walk-off home runs in an MLB season, which home run records continue to fall every single step of the way as we 
transition into this new age of baseball, which I'm not sure I'm a fan of, but that's not that's uh, you know this is for another day. <laughs> All right, um, cool. We're gonna move it over to uh, the NFL now. We're gonna be previewing the NFC South, college uh, football, baseball, spitball, a little bit of everything. You know South. Right? It's getting a little. It's, it's what get, you get here. In it's getting a little. Wow, this is a now. very South breakdown too. College football. Yeah. <laughs> like it's super south, like Alabama, Clemson. It's in the south. Yeah, yeah. No. south. They definitely, definitely like it more in the south than we do up here. Yeah. College football. I mean, yeah. we don't really have a program too. Yeah, that's that's true. why. That's right. We have Syracuse. That's like the I team mean, that they market. Rutgers, Penn State. Uh, I'll Penn State maybe. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Rutgers. <laughs> Rutgers in the Big Ten. They were good for years. What are you talking about? I used to, I used to like Ray Rice. Ray Rice and, uh, guy. Yeah. When Greg when, uh, Shano was there. Greg yeah. yeah. I was. I was big into them. Anthony Davis just retired. This year, he was their first round pick off the uh, the offensive line. 49ers. Niners, yeah. yeah. All right. See, I knew them. <laughs> I knew. I know things. I knew something. All right. Uh, so let's get into. Uh, we're doing the storyline to watch, uh, biggest addition, subtraction, and the rookie to watch in this division. All right. So the AFC South. AFC South. Where am I going? NFC South. All right. Uh, we got the Saints, Panthers, Falcons, Bucks. Storyline to watch. What do we got? I'm going with uh, the future of Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay. Oh, Look, it's been uh, pretty rough. Famously, last year, I picked them to win the division. There he goes. And, uh, boss, we were in Vegas, made a wager. It was over by week four. <laughs> I had I, I went back to my predictions. I had them in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I yeah. saw that. It was the fucking... You, know you had Jameis leading the league in passing touchdowns. Yeah. You know what it was? It was that fucking... It was the hard knocks effect, man. You know what it really was? They had that hurricane last year. Their bye well, week got moved up with the Dolphins. Oh, yeah, True, yeah. That They played up. 16 straight games. That really killed them. But you could also say that prior to their bye week, they were like 2-6. and six. But, yo, this guy was the number one pick, and it's been, would you say a roller coaster? How would you describe his tenure at, at Tampa? Because that's what I think. Came in. Disappointing. Can't stop groping people. Yeah, like the off-the-field stuff that he had in college, it's it's transferring Same. over to what's happening with yeah, him. He's immature off the field. And I remember giving him the benefit of the doubt in that college shit and being like, all right, maybe someone's just trying to get some money out of it. But af- after he gropes an Uber driver, like you got to be like, all right, he probably did all that shit in college too, which makes you look at him differently as a man, personally. Yeah. So, like, what, what do you what do you do if you're Tampa Bay? Because you see all these quarterbacks are getting paid, right? I'm not saying that he's going to get Aaron Rodgers' money, but... He might ask for $20, $25 million, which is the going rate of a franchise quarterback. Are you willing to pay that if you're Tampa Bay? I don't know if you are. This team is... Pro- My prediction for them, they might be drafting in the top three in the draft, if not drafting number one overall. I think this team is... Shit is going to hit the fan. Their cutter is on the hot seat. That shit is on fire. And he's missing the first three games, too. So I don't know what you're doing if you're Tampa Bay. It's it's gonna be rough, and it's gonna be. I think it's gonna get really ugly for Tampa Bay this year. And one of the main reasons why is the uncertainty of what happens with Jameis Winston this year and going forward. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a Jameis guy. I never was a Jameis guy. I love Jameis. I was always Team Mariota. I I thought he was gonna have a big year last year, but I did too. Yeah, you know, before that and after that, th- that that whole W thing, man, throws I mean, me off, dude. And you know what else? I, like I've said it many You're times. You're just like nitpicking now. Because no, on Hard Knocks, they were really giving him like, look at his leadership. I mean, because. But if you go back and you look at the times where they're like, oh, highlighting their leadership, he's not really being a leader. He's making fun of his teammates for being worse than him. Like, oh, look at how he jokes around with his teammates. All right. But they weren't you, having fun. Have you seen his motivational speeches? 
Aside from your little W one where you used to W, like he has some good speeches. All right, whatever, bro. He's. Let me do it. I, uh, you look. I mean, he's a passionate. We dude. only see what they want us to fucking see anyway. So I don't know who the fuck knows. I'm but, just talking about his speeches. Yeah, maybe he might not be that leader. Like, do you think he's a starting quarterback? Yeah, he has the talent to be one. I mean, even when he came back last year, he did play well in a lot of games. So I mean, yes, but whether you want to deal with that as your franchise quarterback is a whole different question. Bird. All right. My storyline is whose division is this? I think this is the best division in football in terms of how tight it is. And if you look aside from Tampa, like Nick said, the quarterback, James Winston, Cam Newton, MVP, Matt Ryan, MVP, and Drew Brees, MVP. So, you know, I know Matt Ryan fell off a bit last year, numbers wise. He was still, you know, a good quarterback. But it's just like, whose division is this for the taking? So I don't know. We'll see when we get to our NFL, our preview. But this division right here is is if I have Sunday ticket, I'm watching these three teams play. You know, like if if the if my team's not on. So I think this is like I said, the most competitive division. I'm and I'm looking forward to it. I think this is gonna be a good year for the NFC South. All three teams made the division last year and all three teams won double digit wins. It's the made first the playoffs. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I said win the division. Yeah, I meant make the playoffs. But all three teams won double digit games. It hasn't ha- it's happened one time since the uh the new millennium. That's and 2000 for those of you grading at home. The Panthers lost to the Saints twice as well. Three times. Three times. Hat trick. So, yeah. So, that's that's going to be an interesting storyline to look at. My storyline is in New Orleans. Can the sophomores in New Orleans avoid the sophomore slump? Last year, they had a ridiculous draft class. Marshawn Lattimore was one of the best cover corners in the league. Ryan Ramchek turned into one of the best right tackles in the league. Marcus Williams, he had one really big bad play. But he was outstanding and lights out all year. He actually missed uh, four tackles all of last season. There you go. One of them was also the, was the, the Diggs, Diggs one, right. which out, is the so one that everyone's going to remember. Outstanding. And Alvin Kamara, of course, they all play at such a high level that elevated the team beyond expectations. Can they do it again? Can Lattimore shut down receivers now that there's a little more tape on him? Can Alvin Kamara handle the bigger workload that he's going to get? Can Marcus Williams get over the Minnesota miracle? Can, can all these things happen? Because... They're going to be leaning on these guys again. And they have uh, Davenport coming in, who's going to, another guy who they gave up a f- first-rounder and a future first-rounder for. So, And he's been, he's been dominant in his one showing in the preseason. So they're going to rely on a lot of young guys on defense. And it worked last year, and let's see if it works again. I think it will, but that's the, another story. It, it, it's the big storyline on whether or not. Because the Saints' defense is never a guarantee. <clears throat> yeah, unfortunately. You play um, in that dome, nothing's ever guaranteed. On defense. Uh, all right, cool. So let's do the biggest additions in this uh, division. Who you guys got? I'm going with C.J. Anderson. Oh. He was a guy who people have been drafting high in their fantasy leagues the last couple of years. And last year was the first year he got 1,000 yards in his career. And you bring him in. Jonathan Stewart is out the door. He's with the Giants now. Uh, McCaffrey, they're saying he's going to get 25, 30 touches a game. I mean, St. Stanford, dog. I don't know about that either. Uh, Yo, he's a bruiser, and they like to run the ball in Carolina, whether it's with Cam, whether it's with McCaffrey three, four times a game. Not three, four times, like eight to ten times a game. But now you're going to have a guy who can be a 15-touch running back, pound the ball, run the clock out kind of thing. And I think that's big, yo. This is a guy who's coming off his best year. Also, Norv Turner, the offensive coordinator there, loves to run those type of old-school running schemes. Man to man, like no zone blocking, like man to man, man up on a guy, pick a pick a gap, hit it. 
So I think there is going to be a role for C.J. Anderson. I like that, too. I also just think he fits, like, what they've been doing in Carolina for the most part anyway. They always had one guy who at least would, like, kind of bruise it. Yeah. Yeah, even with, like, the Stewart-Williams combo for all those years. Yeah. Stewart was always, like, the bruiser. Mm-hmm. Williams was the, you know, first. Thunder and down. Lightning. Yeah. Even before that, uh, Davis and... Uh, Foster. Uh, yeah, Deshaun Davis Foster. and Foster. Stephen Davis and Deshaun Foster. That's wow. That's been their M.O. Who's the other? Who's the gigantic dude? Mike, uh, Mike Tolbert. Yeah, Tolbert. Yeah. I was like, who, the, who am I missing right now? This guy's a truck. Yo, shout out to Steven Davis. Underrated career. Uh, who else got an addition? I got JPP down to the Bucks. They were last in the league in defense and total yards given up. Passing as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, adding JPP off the edge helps that, you know, half second. So he's been doing McCoy it for years. Yeah, too. Joe McCoy. He's been doing it for years, and, and with the Giants, you guys all know that. So I think that helps bolster that, you know, a pass defense that was last in the league last year. So I'm going JPP. Uh, my addition is Patrick Robinson. Patrick Robinson was on the Eagles last year, one of the better uh, slot corners in the league, probably beside, behind Chris Harris, the best slot corner in the league. Marshawn Lattimore and Ken Crowley already – is probably, if not the top cornerback combo, up there in terms of cornerback combos in the league. But they were susceptible in the passing game still, and it's because they got killed by the slot last year. Kenny Vaccaro, Von Bell, and P.J. Williams all combined to allow a quarterback rating of 105 on throws from the slot. That's crazy. Um, Robinson, on the other hand, allowed a 65.2 passer rating to the slot receiver. That's going to be a giant upgrade for them. Uh, on top of that, he's familiar with the organization. He's been coached by the organization before, and the fact that uh, he was brought back to the organization, shows that the coaches believe in him. And it strengthens, it strengthens an already strong secondary and fills a really giant need for them. So I think that Patrick Robinson is going to be a really big X factor in that secondary. All right. And uh, subtractions? Uh, Dantari Poe spent one year in Atlanta, graded one of the best run-stuffing defensive tackles in football. PFF, shout-out to Tim said that uh, this is the best season he's had since his Pro Bowl outing in 2014 with the Chiefs. And also, don't forget, he signed with Carolina. So, like, your division opponent got better. They got a gain out of this while you took a loss there. So, I think the Tari Poe, despite being just one year in Atlanta, he definitely had an impact. 2.5 sacks last year, 39 combined tackles, 16 for loss. So, that's a big that's a big boy in the middle. And, you know, he always comes in on, like, goal line packages, too, sometimes. Um, though I, I'm not sure if he did that with Atlanta, but I remember with the Chiefs. So, so yeah, he's going from Atlanta to Carolina, so that's a subtraction there. I got a Jonathan Stewart who Nick just touched on. I think that's you know that loss. That yes, they filled it well with uh, C.J. Anderson, but you know he was there for a long time. Yeah. So losing a guy who's you know known in the community and around the team, like he knows the ins and outs of that organization, is big. He had seven, nine, and seven touchdowns respectively his last three years. So. He was still getting, you know, a heavy load even late into his career there. So I think that's a big loss. But, yes, they did replace him, and we'll see if C.J. Anderson can pick that role up. I don't think it's a big loss. Uh, I think it's an underrated loss, bro. I don't know. I'm not, I was never like a Jonathan Stewart guy. Because he was never that flashy guy. He was always second fiddle. Yeah, but not having a great preseason with the Giants either. Nah, Yo, I mean, he's not going to be number one, though. For a second, they were like, is Saquon Barkley going to start? On the <laughs> I was like, I will burn the whole building. <laughs> whoever wrote that article or wherever you saw that needs to be fired. Clickbait. Definitely click. You clicked on it. Did you not? No. I oh. never, you know, you I, don't never, click I don't read articles. things. Yeah. I read headlines. That's a weird thing. Yeah. 
Anyway, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew Norwell is my uh, loss. Uh, formerly in between the Ryan and Matt Khalil sandwich, he was the solidifier on that left side at left guard. Uh, PFF ranked him number one in passing uh, protection of all guards last season. He leaves. He goes to Jacksonville. And one of the reasons why they could afford to lose him was because they really liked Taylor Motten. He's their uh, second-year player there. He filled in on the line last year. Um but this line has been decimated by injuries. So let's look at what Martin has done in his first year starting. Uh, and he's been playing really well in the preseason, but let's look at what he had to do. He moved from left guard to right tackle when their best lineman, Daryl Williams, he is also down for the season. He tore his MCL on the first day of practice, right? Then he started at left tackle last game because Matt Khalil hurt his knee. That offensive line is completely in shambles right now. It's completely uh it's completely being shuffled around. That's one of the reasons why I'm not really high on the Panthers this year. Um, that line could really be a mess this season. And one of the reasons is because they're two best players from last year on a line that already wasn't great. The Khalil brothers, they have big names because they went to USC, but they're not great. And that line was not great last season. And their two best players, Daryl Williams and Andrew Norwell, both gone. So I think that's a really big subtraction for the Panthers. So I think that's going to be the biggest uh, impact of the subtraction in this division. It's hard to argue that. Uh, all right, cool. Let's uh, get to the rookies to watch in this division. I'm going with the guy Tim mentioned before, Marcus Davenport, simply for the fact that the Saints are in win mode now, right? They bring in Teddy Bridgewater for what you mentioned before as well, too, Tim, about how Drew Brees is going to be 40 years old this season. And if shit hits the fan and he gets hurt, you have a more than competent quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. But going back to Davenport, they traded up to get him. And he's not a quarterback. Yo, if you're trading up in the draft and it's not for a quarterback and you're giving up first-round picks, I think it's a mistake. You only give up first-round picks if you're moving up to get a quarterback. They did it for a defensive end. Opposite of Cameron Jordan, that's going to be solid because Cameron Jordan is coming off of a hell of a season. Shady defensive player of the year candidate oh, if, yeah. if they can uh, light it up again like they did defensively last year. Also, Alex Okafor is another guy on that line. That Yeah, yeah. and... um. You bring in Davenport, yo, like, this guy might have some of the most pressure of any rookie across the entire landscape of the NFL to be impactful because of what they gave up down the road for him. For you to trade up for a defensive end, it means that, yo, that's our missing piece. So, that's a lot. That's a high expectations for this kid. Yeah, I'm going to go with Vita Vey, mm. just adding along that defensive guy. line. That was my guy I mentioned earlier. Um, What's his name? Vita Vey, Vita Vey. Yeah, but like, it's not Vea. Nah, his real name yeah, what's is his like, name? Oh, like shit. Nah, seventy-five yeah, letters. Yeah. Can you give us? Did you give us the Kembe one time? Strictly the Kembe. The Kembe. Matumbo. 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 Jean Jack. Matumbo. There you go. I love it. I love it. Now Vita Vey, bro. That that defense. Not only were they terrible in the passing game, they gave up the third most rushing touchdowns. So I think that helps out uh, Gerald McCoy a little bit too to get two guys, one on the inside of him, one on the outside. So that'll free him up to have maybe a monster year. Who knows? But I think Vita Vey. In the rushing game will definitely help that rushing defense along that was towards the bottom of the league as well. That Bucks roster is not particularly, um, it, like, it doesn't stand out to you in any way, but that's an elite unit, that defensive line. That's a really elite unit. Um, I think my rookie, I don't know, I don't think, I know for sure that my rookie is DJ Moore. Uh, DJ Moore is the wide receiver for that was drafted out of Maryland. I just want to let you know how good DJ Moore was last season playing with horrendous QB play in Maryland. Maryland started four different quarterbacks, right? Those quarterbacks totaled 161.7 yards in the air per game last season. DJ Moore had 86 yards a game. 
He still set the school record for catches with four different quarterbacks. He was over half of their passing offense. He enters a situation where he's where in Carolina the number one target is up for grabs. Mm-hmm. There, there's no true number one there. Now, Devin Funches had a good year last year, but he's more of a number two wide receiver. I still think he's nice. But DJ Moore can come in and fill that role. Steve Smith said he's the closest thing the Panthers have had since the Panthers have had uh, Steve Smith. Steve Smith, right. So I look back at Cam Newton's career. How does he play when he has a number one guy like Steve Smith? Cam Newton in the season, in his last season with Steve Smith, 2013, had his best completion percentage ever, his second most TDs outside of his MVP season, his second highest TD rate outside of his MVP season, his second highest quarterback rating outside of his MVP season. This is a guy who you know that when you get a good wide receiver, it can elevate the play of the quarterback. I think this is the kind of guy who's going to elevate the play of Cam Newton and elevate all around. I, I really like DJ Moore this year. He's also... There's some speed that he brings to the table, too, where Cam Newton really made Ted Ginn a guy that was starting on your fantasy team. Yes. And Ted Ginn has been a bona fide returner his whole career outside of the year where he was Cam Newton's like go-to guy down the field. Him and like Philly Brown were household names. So, yeah, man, it's good. DJ Moore. I'm Dang, excited to Philly see him. Brown, also, bro. one thing about DJ Moore before we go on, his contested catch rate is among the best in the league already. And he, could, he has great hands, and he can bring them down. So, and he's six foot. He's not 5'9 like Steve Smith. He's got Steve Smith route running ability and Steve Smith's speed at six foot, and he can catch contested, contested balls. And Cam Newton likes to go, go deep. So, mm. I think the if, if you listen to Broda, you know I'm, a, I'm, a big, I'm on the DJ Moore bandwagon in fantasy this year, and I think that, I think that DJ Moore might have, be in for a big year. Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, that is our show. Um, I believe we picked out that was all the divisions. Yeah. So now our no. next. What'd you say? Grand Puba is coming Monday. Hell yeah, Monday. Get ready. The flagship baby. Yeah. The uh, NFL pre- The NFL anniversary. Pre- yep. Yeah. 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 NFL preview shows coming where we go through the divisions and just a whole lot of football from here on out. It's always like two hours long. Our fourth uh, preview. Our fourth preview. Our three year. Your anniversary. It's lit. Getting now, old. Now we starting to make money off this shit too, dog. One step closer to retiring by forty. <laughs> Jesus. Very. Christ. We're very out here. Yeah. What we, Nick is trying to say. Yeah. 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 Shout out to everybody, man. I wish Max I could Max. retire by forty. I'm um, gonna. I'm gonna. If you guys would like to uh, support the show, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/VeteransMinimum, and uh, there are some things that you can get some rewards with each tier that you know whatever amount of money you pledge uh to us every month um you can get those things so yeah it's patreon spelled p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash veterans minimum uh check that out and can Um, i just say something about that if you're thinking about joining right do it now because the nfl picks are starting and that's one of the things you get to play uh in the nfl picks and that we can't let people in in week two you know what i mean yeah yeah you're gonna be behind the eight ball too you're gonna have yeah right you have to be in you gotta be in week one so get your picks in because there's a 200 hundred dollar grand prize on that and you could use that towards any tickets of your choice or anything like that so get in now if you're thinking about it for sure also if i take that down we gotta start talking about me as one of the greatest of all time all right. it, I mean, listen, it would be three years in a row. I'm just saying. We got to start talking. I'm about coming for it. the picks this year, though. You're not coming for I'm anything. coming for the picks. I understand lines. Did you finish more last, than last year? 
in the regular season, but I finished first in the. Nah, that's all. I matters. finished first in the playoffs. That's the larger sample. Four size. for four in the AFC champ. I mean, in the in the championship games, bruh. I'm coming. How are you four for four if it was only two outcomes you could pick? What? Two championship games. No, no, no. I'm sorry. The 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 round before that. Mm, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, you're the man, dude. And and I picked the championship games though. Larger sample size. Highlight your boy. Volumes. Oh yeah. Facts. All right. Where can they find you, Tim? At Timber Tribe on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real frisky. For your fantasy football needs, at Brodo Fantasy is the uh, San Diego Studios wing of fantasy. Um, we have a special week-long edition that we just put out. It's called the Labor Day edition. That's Labor Day weekend. is kind of like the official fantasy draft uh, weekend of everyone. So we're putting out our top quarterbacks. Well, these are already out. Running backs. Tight ends, wide receivers. Thursday and Friday, you're going to get a uh, our hat hanger episode where you're going to see who we're hanging our hats on on fantasy this season. And then on Friday, you're going to get a three-person mock draft. So a lot of content. Uh, do not go into your fantasy drafts without it. That's it. Balls. At Endavito27 on Twitter and the gram. Nick. You can find me at The Lamb Show, Twitter, Instagram, twitch.tv slash The Lamb Show as well. We'll be doing some DFS stuff on live stream every fridays during the football season seven o'clock uh as far as daily fantasy stuff at degeneration bet we just have parlay queen monique from covers.com on there we got into it over one particular team pretty interesting uh definitely check that out follow mp at impy 718 you already know my boy single out here slinging Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, guys, go follow our Instagram, veterans underscore minimum, and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash veterans minimum, and our Twitter. Tweet us anything you want us to talk about or just whatever, some interaction there, um, at veterans minimum, and that is all. See you next time. Don't forget. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.